0: 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Happy National Donut Day, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang.
1: Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello, and I usually don't work on National Donut Day. (laughs) (laughs) Day that I reserve that I observe with religious fervor, but we needed to record today, so I'm here
0: <laughs> you're breaking your own Sabbath uh, <laughs> uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. hey everybody and once again, Annie F. Downs is traversing the globe and unable to join us so we get the privilege of her seat being filled by our friend author uh, podcaster Jamie Ivey. Hi
2: guys, thanks for having me back.
0: Uh, you are on vacation, huh
2: I am on vacation. This is the kind of vacation where my husband and I are working, and so we brought our four kids with us, and they think it's like our family vacation, which is awesome.
0: I I know the location that you have chosen to tell your children is your summer vacation. Why don't you tell our listeners where the exotic locale where you have taken your family?
2: Okay, well, first, I need to say this. I'm going to tell you where it is. Okay. And this place is cooler than you think. Have y'all been here?
0: I have. I've passed through it I driving have from been Tulsa there. to yeah, Florida. I've, been, yeah.
3: I've, I've seen it. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, you need to stop next time because hey, it I is did. cool. I went,
0: to, I went to a Arkansas football game in this exotic location okay. where you are.
2: Right, We're let's, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And in fact, the the Airbnb that we're in right now from my back porch, this is totally a tailgate party house from my back porch (laughs) is the stadium. I could walk to gate 10 right now if I wanted to get into the game. So we're in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Aaron and I are doing some stuff tonight and tomorrow night. And so the kids are here.
1: I love it. I I have a couple of questions that first (laughs) I do. You typically, like me, try to avoid working on high holy days like Like National donut Donut Day. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, when my kids get up, I might become mom of the year and tell them it's National Donut Day and go get them donuts. But you know, I'll do. I'll work any day for you guys.
1: I, uh, the other, the other question I have is, what is. What is the big appeal? Yeah, before we got on, I said, "Oh, of course, I know Fayetteville. It is the Riviera of northern Arkansas, even though I have no idea its proximity to any body of water. (laughs) What is the coolest thing to do in the city of Fayetteville for for future vacationers?
2: Okay, well, what you need to know is northwest Arkansas is like this line of four cities. So you can just hop from one to the other. You know, Walmart is here. The Walmarts started here in... Was
3: that part of the... appeal?
0: Wait, is Bentonville Fayetteville? I thought Bentonville was just some random small town in the middle of nowhere.
2: It, so they call this whole area Northwest Arkansas. And okay. there's Fayetteville, Bentonville, Springdale, Rogers. And you just get on the interstate and go from one to the other. So yesterday we went to this museum, modern art museum, that the Walmarts... Do y'all call it the Walmarts? The Walmart put together and <laughs> I made my kids feel cultured at a museum. It was yeah. really great. When I
0: think cool. of progressive modern art. I do think... I wonder what the Walton family likes.
3: You know, Go right, right to Walmart. Uh, can I yeah. ask a question, Jamie. I, I think I know the answer, but I do want to I want to hear it from you first, because you have a very interesting situation with your earbuds going on right now. You, you've jerry-rigged, you've jerry-rigged a, a contraption, and I'll try to describe it Theater for of the our mind. listeners. Theater, Theater of the mind. Of the mind little, no, no, I know it's a little I, difficult. I,
1: I know the perfect way to describe it. I know the perfect way to describe it, because I... Uh, but... Imagine like a hip hop shoestring beard, but white like Santa's beard. Like that yeah, is yeah, 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 that's a good yeah. way to
3: <laughs> Yeah. You've 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 sort of you've drawn it's on a little line across your jawline and this could be this could be a, a new fashion thing that I am not aware of. This could be like a, a style like a, a trend. Popping up on the blogs, but I'm just curious. I think I know why, but I want to hear you explain. Yeah, because it
1: looks like you look like a place kicker from the 1980s. who has the single bar. (laughs) Hey, listen, but can you hear
2: me well when I have my microphone like this? Beautifully.
3: Beautifully. that's that's what I was going to say. Is it to get your microphone closer to your mouth?
2: Yes, it is. And so my my friends make fun of me because before the, you know, the little ear pod things, this is how I would walk around town talking on my microphone. And it's just, it never moves. It's a consistent sound. I don't have to worry about it going anywhere. Hey, I did this for you guys. (laughs)
3: I appreciate I, it. I, you said that's, sound good, that's crystal, a good life hack.
1: Crystal clear. You I, were coming studio through studio quality. Studio
2: <laughs> yeah, quality with
1: that life yeah. hack. We
3: we've, we've all the got only, these fancy mics over here and you have you have, have sort of like MacGyvered this situation together
1: and I, I think you've you've outsmarted all of us. You're living in 2025 right now, James. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> when
2: you're not in your studio and you're in an Airbnb in Fayetteville, Arkansas, this is the microphone you go for. So like I heard
1: thing. that I heard that the top I'm on the tourism site for the Fayetteville area right now. And I have the top three attractions. You know, you know, you
0: know what? The, the, the most impressive thing it says there on the Fayetteville website, we now have internet.
3: So,
1: <laughs> so here's here's what I got on the tourism. You can go on a tour of the Walmart campus. That's the main attraction. Uh, uh you know, which Hey, can I tell
2: you something about Walmart right now?
1: Yeah, please do.
2: Frank, Frank, my Uber driver last night told yeah. me that if you are a shareholder in Walmart, like you work for Walmart and you're a shareholder. I don't know how often they do that, but these 3 days they brought you in These are people from 23 countries. We saw them at the museum yesterday. They paid for your travel, your food. He even told me they'll pay for your beer. They paid for everything. And you get to come to the shareholder meeting. I think it's today. So
0: look at that Walmart. What are you doing? Talking to us. Number two on the Fayetteville tourism website. (laughs) We now have
1: Uber. So, <laughs> <laughs> and number three, this is, they opened one of those KFC Taco Bell Pizza Huts. Three restaurants, one location, oh, one yeah. drive through. It's, 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 quite, I mean, a lot of people, it's a big picture. It's a big, it's a scenic area. It's, a, there's a scenic overlook overlooking this establishment yeah. where hey, you can get but
2: it. i'm gonna speak up for everyone that lives up here is that it is changing a lot and we went to a phenomenal restaurant the other night called the preacher's son and it's in an old church it was so cool oh, so there you christian.
1: go oh it's a yeah. christian restaurant they actually so. I, a lot of people don't know that they actually don't know this too uh the country's last binnegan's the one the health department forgot about in fayetteville it's very <laughs> the uh, last that oh <laughs> wow. Wait, that, are, are you making that up Yes, I oh, have, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I hope I have no true. idea how many Benegins. I hope are. it's true, but man. but I've never been back to a Benegins ever since. One time, uh, it was Kara Davis, uh, a former old OG podcaster, will remember. She told me she saw she was at a Bennegan's, and it was really going downhill, and that someone changed a baby's diaper on the table, and that's when she decided. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's and her. That's, were that's done. a deal breaker. and that's when I said, "Decided,
0: I'm done with Benegans." I have incredibly fond memories of Benegins. Like so it was, it was my go-to. College restaurant, you yeah. know, like I would, spl- that was my splurge meal, you yeah. know. I, I get I a loved Monte Cristo. It.
3: I think they do Just a college, college yeah. deal, didn't they? Like, you told me you were a college student, they'd give you like a little cut.
0: A little, like, discount. I always got... I'm one of these guys that once I have a restaurant, I have one
1: meal. I just get the same thing every time. Yeah, I man. got their sure, chicken quesadillas. Sure. Every time. It was fantastic. I love their chicken quesadillas. I, see, I, I have a fascination with any restaurant that just has random choschkis just all over the walls. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why I have a fondness for places like Rockers and Benigans, <laughs> where there's like a random picture of like a rowing team from the 1940s. <laughs> there's like a fly fishing pole, some skis, like you know, just a, like... Americana I don't kitsch. really know what the theme yes. was. Yeah, an electric guitar signed by Buddy Guy. It's like, (laughs) I have no idea. There's no cohesion to the theme of just like, let's just find a bunch of random stuff and jam it in every inch of the wall. I liked... It's like I like, they, like when that was 25 appropriate. other restaurants that, that had
3: very like definitive themes, and they just took them all and put and 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 took, selection the And they, on they took the, the memorabilia
1: yeah. that would never be missed, you know, <laughs> and just jammed it on the walls. I, I appreciate that. There you go. Well, we yeah. have a great
0: show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, Hillsong Young & Freeze, Aiden King joins us. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's what my notes say, and I need to ask you, Jesse, you wrote this note and I want to ask you about it after I read it. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Ian King joins us to discuss their new world tour, their collaboration with Andy Minio, and the tension between entertainment and worship. Now, my question to you is Jesse. Yes. Was it their collaboration with Andy Minio that created a tension between entertainment and worship? Are you, uh, is this a scoop? What
1: I did is uh, they're beefing right now. Collaborated? No, no. I no. Here's why. Here's why that that note is there because I I I have sort of a fascination with Hillsong Young and Free. For a little context, like they are you know one of the Hillsong bands. It's not Hillsong Worship. It's not Hillsong United. But they do sort of like they're. I was listening to it last night, and Dane was like, you know, they kind of sound like Chainsmokers. You know that they they are have like kind of a pop EDM sound, but they write like (laughs) church music. They write worship music. So it's it's always fascinated me to an extent of like what their approach is. Are they trying to create like, you know, these EDM kind of party atmospheres or are they trying to create worship or do they even see a tension between the two? and so that's kind of where the conversation went and they were totally game to talk about that because I feel like that's kind of an interesting tension there you know it's not like like a lot of worship acts are a guy or a girl with an acoustic guitar or someone sitting at a piano there's not a whole lot that's DJ based and so they you know Aiden was, was game to talk about it so
3: in my in my yeah. mind I really I know what you meant but I really wish when Dana said they sound like chain smokers she meant literal <laughs> shit like Tom Waits on the that's what she okay, meant Wanted
1: to clarify, that's, that was the right <laughs> It's gonna be all right. She's like, no, that, that yeah, guy needs to, to get it. They need to. They
3: need to quit. I why? will say this: there's, there's studies a- out there that's shorten their
1: life. Yeah, well, no, it's. I don't want to malign. I don't want to get him in trouble the because he's involved that's with the, ministry. There, he had a tracheotomy recently, but oh, it's powering no. through this world tour, and oh, that's why. God. That's uh, why it st- sounds. I will say this: the tracheotomy was caused because he had a. He was a chain smoker. He, he was addicted. <laughs> and <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to talk to him about the tension between worship and chain smoking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is and, it possible uh, to do both
1: at the same yeah, time? And, he's just and, on stage and, leading worship. And I just want to say, we've had a great relationship with Hillsong all these years. but <laughs> Rich, I've officially burned it. Thank you for all the thank you for the cover of the magazine. It's like now it's like in memoriam. Relevance relationship with Hillsong, 2003
0: <laughs> to 2019. Soft it was focus. going great yeah. until
1: you said that the leader of the, the band that has the most influence with young people in America is addicted to cigarettes and just had a tracheotomy. I mean, I'm sorry, Hillsong. <laughs> (laughs) I'm sorry. But I'm not
0: sorry. All right. Well, uh, moving the show along, stay tuned up next. It's the hot list. listening to Tycho. The song is Pink and Blue featuring St. Sinner. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Claro with Bags. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries, a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. I got to be honest, talking about even thinking about health insurance is not something I like to do. It can be confusing. There's lots of jargon. It's expensive. Plus, I never feel like I know what's actually going to take care of when something's gone wrong. That's why I feel Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare option people should consider. First of all, it's not insurance. It's Christians sending financial gifts to each other when there's a medical need, plus caring for one another spiritually through prayer and encouragement. Also, I love that being part of a ministry like this really frees a person up to focus on what they're most interested in, just living their best life. Christians are able to do that with Samaritan Ministries because they know that when there's an illness or injury, uh, Samaritan members have their backs. If you'd like to learn more about how you can be part of this ministry, helping each other with health care, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. I like them. Good model. Disruptive. Okay, it's time for oh going with the brief one this week.
1: yeah <laughs> change it up a little bit like, interesting yeah, it's very very, very casual the yacht rock the yacht, yacht <laughs> but, yeah
0: just you know it's national donut day we're laying yeah. back have a couple just couple of just a couple en- of nuts you know just <laughs> en-
2: enjoying <laughs> the wonder
3: of fayetteville just uh, uh it's you know. so beautiful <laughs> i do like the view out your window there jamie it's, i do really really like, a razorback
2: fan over here
0: yeah, yeah. The the beautiful view of a large imposing structure
2: <laughs> towering
0: over us. With uh, can you imagine being there trying to relax at that Airbnb if there
1: was a game going on and you didn't know it? You know, like oh, was, yeah, yeah. Wow, that would be me. the worst. <laughs> hey, Jamie, I have I have a long running uh, aversion to Arkansas sports because well, I, the I Razorbacks? Work, what time
2: the Razorbacks, Arkansas. The r-
1: the, the, the Is there variation. another sport
2: here in Arkansas? <laughs> no, no, that's all they have.
1: Is this the only? No. They, they I I, I told the story when Brady Toops was on the pod because he played baseball at Arkansas. He's on the baseball team there. I don't Which, know. Which
2: today there's a super regional game here. So it's about to go it's about to get crazy yeah, up they here in here
1: They're always good in baseball. Yeah, they're always good. And I worked I, I worked at the baseball stadium at my college or Roberts University, just that not too far down the road there in Tulsa. And my job was to take tickets at the beginning of the game and then hang out till after the game and clean up everyone's mess. And when Arkansas came to town like twice a year, it was the worst. They, the, not only is their mascot a pig, those people <laughs> act like pigs when they're at a visiting stadium. It was very rude. Hot dog rappers. I said, I said this to Brady. B- b- spicy big bites from hot dog has to be from 7 Eleven, has to be the state food because everyone just brought <laughs> one into the stadium. If we don't, as if we don't have concession rules, they disregarded our rules, disrespected my campus and caused me to clean up a lot of disgusting stuff in my college years. So, Razorback friends, I wish you the opposite of luck today. I've never... <laughs> Jesse, I've never told you this. I But
0: uh, my junior year, uh, ORU's basketball team was playing Arkansas's basketball team. Yeah. So, uh, Arkansas had a couple of future NBA guys. They're huge. SEC, you know. But ORU, being a tiny conference, we had a really good coach, Bill Self. He's now the coach at Kansas. One of the most yeah. famous coaches in the country right now. He was our coach at ORU. And yeah. we were... We were really good for a small school, right? So we're playing in Arkansas at Arkansas's massive stadium, you know, 20,000 fans there. And I travel out to the game, me and a couple friends, and I'm wearing an ORU t-shirt, but I have a button down shirt over it, you know, just because yeah. I don't want to, I'm that guy that I, I don't know, I'm just going to pick my spots with my trash talk. I don't want to, you know, we don't overdo it. So we're there. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, you know, close to the court. I got down close to the court, and sure enough, late in the game, OR It looks like ORU is going to win, right? And yeah. the place is just it's dead silent. I mean, this entire arena, you can hear a pin drop. And I stand up, unbutton my button down shirt and turn around with my arms extended, looking at the crowd like, what do you got now, Arkansas? Right. <laughs> Literally six beers were thrown at me and pummeled me <laughs> with, with beer. And like I had to drive yeah. home those two hours soaked in beer. Well, so I'll say this. Have- that
1: is actually a, a a sign of endearment in Arkansas. They greet <laughs> each other by just throwing warm, natty lights on each other. Hello, Welcome, to, welcome to Arkansas. And you just get splashed <laughs> with a Miller High Life. Now, I, I actually caused an incident one time at an Arkansas ORU basketball game. I had decided that I would stay at school for Thanksgiving that year. I can't remember why. And, uh, like, no one does that. You just sit like alone. Like you were going to study
2: extra for finals or something? No. <laughs> yeah,
1: a grand ambitions, you know? And so, but that night, they were, you know, everyone had left campus, and I, they, Arkansas was playing... the. Uh, Yeah, at ORU, a basketball game. And I was like, oh, this is a great game. So I walked over the campus and usually the student section there would have like, you know, a hundred students cheering. But it was Thanksgiving break for there's like eight of us. Right. (laughs) And so we have the whole student section to ourselves. Again, ORU pulls out an improbable victory. And I look down at my students in the student section. I'm like, if they win, we have to rush the court. Like we have to rush the court. Now, let me say this. On a normal night, when hundreds of students pour onto the court yeah. after a big victory, yeah. it's like this like celebratory thing. Yeah. When five guys run onto the court after a game, it's a security situation. Like, what are they doing? Who are these guys? This isn't part of a mass rushing. There's just five randos on the court. Get them out of here. Like, the Arkansas players were looking at us like, something bad just happened. Why are these guys on the court? And it, we got a stern talking to. So, never rush the court if it's only like five of you, because... They think, they think something is bad is happening. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's funny. Okay.
0: Uh, it's time for the hot list. Coming in at number five this week, uh, Mike Huckabee, uh, <laughs> Tyler's dad. Tyler, you're dad, the right? Family. Yeah, Mike, the, keep it in the family. <laughs> <laughs> relevant podcast. Mike Huckabee performed with corn guitar player Brian Head Welch on Huckabee's TVN show. The former yes. pastor and politician <laughs> invited the hard rock guitarist onto a show to talk about his new book and his conversion to Christianity. But before the end of the show, Huckabee awkwardly reminded him, you know, years ago, uh, that years ago, he had asked him if they could perform together. Well, uh, Mike Huckabee, you know, famously plays the bass guitar. Uh, it was as weird as you'd expect, and we have a clip here. It is, Brian. I got to tell our audience. Something. <laughs> I love how they edit it. But about five and a half, six years ago, you and I first met. Yes. Him. Yeah, the edit is so wild. I interviewed you, and I said,
3: "Then, <laughs> hey, we got to do music together sometime." Like it's, remember it's that so ominous yes.
1: look at his face, Chandler? And you said you would do it. Yeah. You'll still do it, right? Yes. Okay,
3: okay.
0: I realize that when the two of us are on stage together, it may not look like that we actually
1: blend. It's so weird.
0: But we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do.
1: So when they cut over to him where he says, years ago, you said you would play with me. And like, it's like this like delay and and Brian Welch's eyes like move from side to side like, <laughs> like oh, I'm no, sorry, we're up. doing this aren't we? And he's like, yes.
3: <laughs> and you can sort of see Brian Welch like just going over it very briefly like the list of decisions that brought him to this point. Like, like
4: how long ago did it start?
3: Like what was the first little tip of the, of the avalanche that led me to where I'm at right now? Uh, one of them was committing his life to Christ. Very happy about that obviously. But that Maybe it was the last good decision Brian of Austria
4: I'll
1: say this. TBN has come a long way since, like, know, since since we, you know, they've changed hands. So, I mean, yeah, they've come a, a long way to. Mike Huckabee, all the way from Jan Crouch to Mike Huckabee. Yeah, I will say this. No one was wearing like a purple robe or sitting on a throne. So that was good, but it was still weird. It was still weird. It was still weird. Just a different Uh
0: Coming in number four this week on the hot list, Wendy's launched a very cool social media campaign this week to support adoption. The fast food chain, who's now known for their hilariously combative social media presence, ...has unveiled a new initiative that merges technology and activism. As part of their partnership with the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, Wendy's Snapchat campaign facilitates easy donations to the pro-adoption organization. All people have to do is scan a snap code on a Wendy's cup, and the company will donate five bucks to the Dave Thomas Foundation, an organization founded by the late Wendy's founder and adoptee, Dave Thomas, that helps make adoption easier for foster care children with special needs or in sibling situations. Uh, Wendy's will donate in $5 increments up to $500,000. Uh, the money is going to go towards efforts to bring the foundation's programming to all 50 us States. The Dave Thomas foundation works with full-time one-on-one caseworkers to seek out the right family situation for unadopted kids. They target demographics with difficult adoption histories and work with professionals focused on using personal relationships with children and families to find the right situation for everyone. Wendy's founder, Dave Thomas, was an advocate for adoption for most of his life. He founded his foundation for adoption in 1992 under the stated mission to dramatically increase the number of adoptions of children waiting in North America's foster care systems.
3: Very cool. That, that is very cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I dig it.
2: I like it. Except I don't remember the last time I ever ate at Wendy's and I don't have Snapchat. So I'm out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wendy, <laughs> Wendy's
0: has delicious salads,
1: salad options oh, okay. that I, I like to get. Yeah.
2: I don't even know where I would find a Wendy's. Like I, I feel bad. You're, you're wow.
1: in Fayetteville and I read this on the tourism. More Wendy's <laughs> per capita than <laughs> okay. anywhere in the world. At Wendy's. It's the it's yeah. it's, it's oh, wild it takes there. us they two. Love it. More yeah. than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the two left. The, uh, it, yeah, it makes me feel like less terrible about my decision to eat Wendy's so frequently. It's like, oh well, they'll make another donation for me. I'm doing That's I'm nice. doing good. I'm doing a good thing here by eating this uh, you know, cubed or this square cheeseburger. Like I'm I'm doing something good for the world. So Coming in at number three this week on the hot list,
0: our guest coming up later, Hillsong Young and Free released a new song this week with Andy Minio. You know, there's a tension there yeah. between entertainment yeah. and worship They're, they buried uh, the hatchet okay. for the
3: length of one song
1: you know and, and a lot <laughs> and a lot of people you know a lot of people a lot of people don't know this but like nicotine makes people more combative so it's really it <laughs> must be because Aiden still despite the tracheotomy still has a lot in his system I think uh, uh, in God.
0: preparation for their upcoming world tour the worship outfit has released a new version of their song every little thing with Andy Minio. here's the clip
4: I know you don't need no one to advise you You probably do a better job running the world than I do I just thought you i would behind you I've been trying mind. to find you yeah. It feels like Satan working overtime times two they say if it doesn't kill you, that refines you. But I'm trying to live, and that's bigger than survival. It's been a long night. It's been a long fight. So just remind me now,
1: everything will be all right. Now, what you'll notice is how clean Andy's voice sounds compared to the chain smoker <laughs> yeah. background yeah. scene. That's because hey, a lot of people don't know this. Andy's a big vape guy. So he's... <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, oh my. so, so it's detention, it's inter- entertainment, and worship, unfair yeah. Filtered Marlboro <laughs> Reds with jewel vaping. It's a, it's a, t- it's a wild world. That it's all you know that they've oh mashed gosh. up there. So.
3: And they trade off whenever Andy's rapping. The, the young and free kids are back there smoking like chimneys. J- just like that. <laughs> and then they start singing again. And then Andy takes up the vape pen, and that way there, there's <sighs> never a most. There's never nobody smoking. And allow me at, to say uh, this. On, on stage at a young and free concert. Andy,
1: thank you for all the great interviews <laughs> over the years. It's been nice <laughs> knowing you as well. As
3: we will miss our, our our interviews with you. Andy. We're gonna have. A it's pretty long fun.
0: in memoriam segment at the end of the show today.
3: <laughs> Coming in at number two
0: this week on the hot list, uh, Aladdin star Naomi Scott opened up this week about her faith and her activism. The actress and singer plays Princess Jasmine in Disney's hit uh, new live action adaptation. She's also a former wor- worship leader. And has been open about her faith. We've talked about that quite a bit. Um, Now she's working as a celebrity ambassador for the Christian charity Compassion UK. And in an interview with the organization, she explained the role that faith plays in her life. She said, sometimes my husband and I get asked the question, how do you juggle your faith and what you do? But for me, I don't know how I would do life without my faith. That piece that you know, uh, you're loved and valued is something that keeps me incredibly grounded and focused. Quite honestly, I don't see it as the separate thing, this add-on thing. My faith is just a part of who I am and what I do. Uh, she continued, life is incredibly exciting at the moment. There's a lot going on. We think just, wow, God's grace. But no matter what happens, no matter what somebody says about me on Twitter, whatever the future holds, to know that that doesn't define me is incredible. To know that doesn't inform my identity in any way, shape, or form, although it's easier said than done sometimes. Uh, that's going to be the thing that keeps me going, keeping the main thing, the main thing throughout. Uh, She also explained why she enjoys working with Compassion UK and their mission to connect with local churches while meeting the needs of communities in the developing world. I'm assuming Compassion UK is an offshoot of Compassion International here in the U.S. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, she said, I love that in the context of a compassion project, which is always connected to a local church and always rooted in a community. Pregnant women get the education and the help they need to ensure a healthier life for their family. That has an incredible impact on future generations. Uh, Naomi is also one of the stars of the upcoming Charlie's Angels movies.
2: Have, you, oh. have y'all seen Aladdin?
0: I have not. I have not. Have you?
2: Yes. None of y'all have? I don't know who, no. the, demo, who no. the
1: target demographic for the film is.
2: Well, I took my daughter. So there, she's 11. That sounds, I, maybe that's that what target. it is. Yeah.
1: So I, I do know some adults who are just children of the 90s who went yeah. without kids because they just wanted to like see it. What was your thoughts?
2: I liked it. I mean, again, I remember the original and loved it. And the I thought Naomi did phenomenal. There was one person that I was like, "Ha, huh, that was not the best performance can, I've ever can seen." I Guess
3: who? Oh, it I have. I have yeah, a guess. too. I want to see if me and Jesse have the same guess.
1: Is it Will Smith?
2: Yes, I, knew oh, it. I know. Oh no, weird. It's too, I've too people,
3: weird. I've heard people liking Will. I haven't seen it, so it, I can't. It's it. weird. I've heard a lot of positive the, reviews of Will's performance. Genie.
2: Yeah, I I thought I did not like him. I mean, Robin Williams was the original Genie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So Correct. that's
2: a little hard to follow up. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Naomi was great.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. I, 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 my, Well, we apologize. We've had, we've enjoyed our
3: long relationship with Will Smith. We're it's unfortunate that we won't be able to continue those anymore. Jamie, I have
1: something to tell you. Will Smith was the next cover of relevant. <laughs> so just, I, for,
3: hey,
2: listen, he, I'm not saying anything bad about him. I hate saying bad things about people. Jesse, I'm trying to be more like you, or I can just be openly free with the, my opinions and it not matter.
3: Yeah. What, yeah. What's been well, said has been said. And I yeah, don't think, now well, we,
1: it
2: we I wasn't my favorite.
1: Now we have to go with our backup Stephen Baldwin again for his sixth cover. All
0: right. Coming in at number one this week on the hot list, Golden State Warriors coach Steve Kerr spoke out about the need for gun reform. Just days after a gunman opened fire on people at a municipal building in Virginia Beach, killing 12, uh, Kerr wore a Vote for Our Lives shirt to the NBA Finals. Vote for Our Lives is linked to the efforts of March for Our Lives, encouraging... Americans to, quote, fight for sensible gun violence prevention policies that save lives. March for Our Lives was first formed after the school shooting in Parkland, Florida that took 17 lives uh, a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kerr, explain to reporters why the efforts of the young March for Our Lives activists is so important. Here's a clip.
3: Uh, The shirt has uh, everything to do with uh, the tragedy in uh, Virginia Beach a couple of days ago, yesterday, two days ago. Um, and, uh, you know, how uh, devastated so many families are and so many people are. And uh, sure it's a reminder that the only way we can get out of uh, this mess is to actually vote and to vote for people who are going to be willing to uh, create some change in our gun laws in our country. So uh, the the young generation, the uh, March for Our Lives generation has really inspired me and So I I offer my support to them and to all young people and hope that we can create a change where uh, we don't all have to walk
2: around uh, scared we're going to get shot.
1: Good for him. Yeah, I really appreciate Steve Kerr and the NBA too. Like the NBA seems so much more open to players and coaches and people associated with it speaking out on social and political issues opposed to like the NFL that tries to lock that down isn't so. that
3: weird. Explain to a, a, a sports idiot like you guys know that I my my knowledge of sports is pretty limited. Um, but what explain to me why the NFL has been so I just treated any political issue like kryptonite, uh, whereas the NBA has been very very open to taking. Not not just political issues. The NBA has been open about mental health issues, social issues. Yeah, really anything. Players and coaches can say what they want.
0: Honestly, I think there's a few things. Uh, Jesse, I want to hear your thoughts. Mine is uh, the NFL. I mean, there's like 150 players on a team. It's more about the team, the organization, the money, the sponsors than it is any individual people. You don't know them as players as much. NBA is five guys. I mean, it's like you get to know them as individuals and they have a platform, social media and stuff. That makes sense. The NBA is like, okay, we can either try and stifle this or we can just embrace it. And I think that, you know, there's just a different dynamic there. But I think that the NFL is just old money, old white men, power structures, political structures and stuff like that. And they're threatened by anything that would disrupt, you know, the the kind of the, the, old, the way old boys club the good, yeah. of the owners
3: and coaches. Yeah. Where yeah. the NBA
0: is kind of upstart, young, fresh dynamic next generation, you know? And I mean, think about kids now, you know, middle school teenagers. I mean, they're into the NBA. They're not into the NFL as
1: much. I mean, it's yeah, just like,
0: yeah. it's a generational shift and it's like, I think that's what you're seeing represented in how the leagues, you know, embrace these issues. But what do you think, Jesse?
1: Yeah, I, I think the demographics of the fan base is plays a large part, you know, like the NBA not only, you know, is a sport that younger audiences are gravitating towards more and more and younger audiences generally seem to be more open to, you know, so, to, to discussing political issues without, you know, they don't have this like aversion to it but the nba is also an international sport now you know like people watch the nba all over the world and that leads to like i think a diversity of thinking in the fan base like there's a lot of uh, it's incredibly not only um diverse you know when it comes to race and age and, and and gender but also with political and social ideas because of the international element. The other thing, too, is like the NFL years ago made a very calculated decision to, you know, make uh, patriotism, particularly like alignment with the military, a big part of their brand. Sure. Uh, sure, You know, they have if you go to an NFL game, fighter jets, a lot of times will fly over the stadium during the national anthem. You know, they have soldiers on the field. All that's very admirable, you know, in a lot of ways. But I think what it does is... Because of with that, that, it
3: comes with an obvious uh, it, it, sort yeah, of affiliation. Where anything,
1: yeah, yeah. Where anything that threatens to disrupt, like this idea of kind of like patriotic unity, like a diverse opinion about something like gun ownership, I think goes a little off brand from the brand that they've created. Jamie, are you a, a football or basketball fan much?
2: Yes, but I don't do much with professional. Like I like college football and college basketball more. She's a big um, Arkansas
0: Razorbacks fan. Razorbacks. That's why I'm they, not a
2: Razorback fan. I'm a, I'm a Longhorn fan.
0: They, no. She vacations only <laughs> to college football stadiums. She, the, the family vacation is just going around in different college football just, stadiums throughout just the country. The, I'm gonna yeah, take my kids cathedrals. on a tour later. Yeah.
3: Um.
2: No, but I see the same thing too. And I often my question to you, Cameron and Jesse, was with Do you think? it feels like this has come out like this has been a bigger talking point in the last maybe five, six years. And do you think the NBA watched the NFL just kind of royally screw things up and went, okay, we're not going to do it that way either. Or was this a something that was in place with them and they had the, those kind of freedoms more already?
0: I think I am. I, am I, I don't know the inner workings, but the perception you get from uh, the two commissioners that we've known in the last five years is just that they, I don't think it was like a, I didn't get the impression that it was like a decided, like, we're going to be different than the NFL. We're going to be like the the renegade league. It wasn't like that. It was just like case by case. Do we allow our players to have an opinion about these issues? Do we want to raise awareness about... You know, do we want to leave a positive mark on society? So they launched things like NBA Cares and like they really make social service and and giving back and volunteerism a major part of the NBA experience for players and stuff. And I think they just decided at some point to breed, you know, into the league or just that this is part of our value system. And so then the natural outgrowth is we care about making society better. We care about our communities. And so then when a tragedy happens, we're going to respond with empathy Versus, oh, we can't touch that because it's political. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I yeah. just think it was just part of the values of the league, and it's it's a natural thing. I don't think it was ever like, oh, we're gonna be different than NFL. I never got that impression. You know. Yeah,
1: I I do think the nature of like the sports themselves, like you know, players in the in the NFL, the average contract is only three years, and you know there is, you know, they're always sort of under this threat of, you know, they're not protected contracts like the NBA, you know, there's no, irreplaceable in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the NFL, if you we get, don't need you Colin Kaepernick, it, we can it, find it like If you get cut yeah. in the NFL, they don't pay out the rest of your contract where if you get cut in the NBA, they're on the hook to pay you. So I think these, especially some of the older veteran NBA players, uh, you know, like when you, or some of the ones that are very secure, like when you saw members of the Miami heat during the LeBron era, you know, wear hoodies following the shooting of Trayvon Martin as you know a sign of solidarity. They're doing that because they're, I feel like, probably more just secure in their uh, employment situation than a lot of NFL players who, I mean, we've seen Colin Kaepernick went to, a, went to a Super Bowl, was one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, and then when he started make, doing, making a political stand, you know, he can't get a job anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And
0: he's sitting now courtside at the NBA Finals. And the NBA players have embraced him, you know, and yeah. W- yeah. wear like stand with cap t-shirts and stuff like that. You know, so yeah. it's like, yeah. That's super
1: interesting. I do want to say r- real quick, I got a, b- a lot of messages from listeners on Twitter following this shooting, which, uh, you know, I happen to live in Virginia Beach and I really appreciate everyone who reached out and is praying for the community here. That meant a lot. So I did want to throw that in. Yeah. How, how's, how's,
0: shooting. how's, I mean, like after the Pulse shooting here in Orlando I mean it changed the fabric of the city I mean now I mean there's a memorial and there's signs everywhere and there's you know like I mean it's just it's on walls it's everywhere like yeah you know, it just changed. do you feel that this was kind of like a freak thing that happened or do you feel like it's something that the city's rallying around because the Orlando one was like the gay community was targeted and so yeah. you know it was like a, more of a, a societal statement that was being made then I don't know I mean but what, what's going on there in Virginia Beach
1: yeah, it's it's you know. Well, I'll say this too. Like the, this area is, uh, you know, a v- there's a very heavy military presence, and you know, there. I feel like there's a lot of people here who are used to dealing with tragedies, you know, uh, first and second hand, because they're you know, th- there's a lot of special operations out of here. So when you hear sometimes of these like Navy SEALs that are killed, a lot of them are stationed here in Virginia Beach. So there's this community. I feel like is really. Um, you know, accustomed to rallying around people dealing with tragedy, and we've seen that a lot following the shooting last week. Um, you know, I went to a, a like the AAA baseball game uh, in Norfolk the night after the shooting, and there was a long moment of silence that was really emotional, and people across the stadium were weeping. And then that Sunday morning. We actually, our, our church once a year does, uh, a church at the beach. which is just an outdoor beach service. Um, and it just happened to be the Sunday after the shooting and they considered canceling it because typically there's sort of a celebratory, um, you know, atmosphere. But, um, what happened was, you know, they really transitioned the service to be, uh, you know, a really a time to grieve. And tourists who, or or people who just happened to be on the beach, started joining the service. As um, you know, we were singing kind of hymns and and some more solemn songs. There was a time where you know the pastor read the name of the victims, and we had a long moment of silence. And what you really saw was people that weren't affiliated with the church that just happened to the beach. Kind of, you know, I told I was H- Huck. I think I was telling you it was really mm-hmm. almost surreal. Because the beach was crowded, it was a beautiful Sunday morning, and when they did the moment of silence for the victims, you could not hear anything but you know the waves. And, and wow. even though there's thousands of people on the beach, wow, so wow. it's really been yeah something where people are kind of rallying. You know, you see VB strong on all the sign, you know, all the city signs, and um, so yeah, it's been it's been a heavy thing, but I feel like this community is fortunately as well equipped as you can to to respond to a tragedy they've read you know right now the city through like a campaign in the local paper like our church decided to give the entirety of sunday's tithes to a fund that the city set up that i think is approaching two million dollars for the victims families right now that's great but yeah all right that'll do it for oh gosh that was not appropriate (laughs) no, a, <laughs> he went with the most tasteful option he yeah that is,
3: that is of true that is true of yeah. the options there's other there would be worse ones <laughs>
0: alright stay tuned up next <laughs> we we'll get into the beef with Hillsong Young and Free sometimes I just need a little help why do I try to take the world on by myself I'm out listening to Fits in the Tantrums, as, long as I need help. Well, today's show is also brought to you by Blinkist. Being able to practice mindfulness every day is something we all want to achieve. Sometimes it can be really hard when we are overwhelmed with work and other aspects of life and we're just busy. Well, there's an app that I highly recommend which might help you to be mindful every day. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes or so so you can read them or listen to them. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of the books quickly without reading the entire book. With an audio feature, Blinkist makes it so easy to finish four books a day while you're on the go. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help to business, health to history books. I saw somebody on Twitter this week ask me, why, why, how is it being mindful if you're just getting the highlights of a book. But in my mind, like thoughtfulness, learning, I went in, you know, you're expanding your knowledge, you're exploring questions that you have, that's being mindful. And so to explore these, you know, these signature books, these important books, especially like historical ones or like you learn how to do something or things that make you better, that's being mindful. Um, and you can cover a lot of topics. If you're a little ADHD, you can get through a lot of books in not a lot amount of time. Uh, the, some of the most popular books right now on, in uh, Blinkist Library uh, in the mindfulness and happiness category include The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, The Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, uh, and Start With Why by Simon Sinek. There's a lot more. Go check them out. Well, right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. That's blinkis dot slash relevant to start your free seven-day trial. Well, Hillsong Young & Free just released a new collaboration with rapper Andy Mineo and just kicked off a massive new global tour. We recently spoke with singer and songwriter Aiden King about Every Little Thing. Which is in quotes? It's the name of a song,
1: not. We didn't speak to him about <laughs> no, every little literally. thing.
3: Literally, yeah. This, this interview a very... <laughs>
1: was twelve and a half hours long, and I covered every
0: little
2: every thing. every little
0: <laughs> thing. Uh, we also talked about Get the right. band's unique approach to writing worship music and the tension between entertainment and music meant for the church. And Jesse, you uh, talked to him, right?
1: Yeah, I talked to Aiden, and I did. You know, I actually do want to start at that point, talking about how you know, if they see a tension between creating these, you know, very kind of entertainment-y shows that have lights and they have, you know, it's a party kind of atmosphere, but they're also trying to do something worshipful. And I wanted to ask them because I hear a lot of people in, you know, worship ministry really wrestle with that tension. Am I I creating an atmosphere to entertain people or one that points them, you know, to this kind of higher uh, uh, experience that doesn't involve you know kind of just being entertained and here's what Aiden said about
4: that tension our whole crew that's on tour with us like our production guys our lighting guys media guys everybody all of us are all in church together and we're all like we've kind of all done this together from the beginning and you know I don't I definitely don't see their part as the more you know uh what it'd be maybe like commercial side of what we do I definitely they would definitely be they're only doing what they do to make the nights like a show quote unquote um, because they believe that it's like their act of worship. And so, um, and you know, it's funny. It's like, we've definitely had like, cause this tour, we only just kind of started rolling out this tour. So we're still in the stages of like, you know, every night we're like, you know, all right, what can we do better? What can we do better? And it's, it's always, it's most more often than not, it's the production guys, the lighting guys going, ah, I feel like, you know, when we were doing this lighting thing or when we blacked out at this point, it was a distraction to the moment. And so I think everyone's always thinking, I think they go hand in hand. I think, me. I mean, the fact that people are paying and they are paying, you know, money to come and see us is obviously an incredible honor, but at the same time, it's a responsibility on, on us to make sure that, um, the nights are professional. They're not like, <laughs> you know, um, we're not, going too far off script and, and, and that there are elements that you're going to get at a young free night, a tour night, that you're not just going to get on a normal Sunday, um, and, and that is important. But I think if everybody who, who is a part of our team and um, sees their part as um, important to God and important to those that are coming, I, I think um, those, those things can complement each other.
1: I think that's really interesting what he said, and Cameron. I know you've been to numerous Hillsong events over the years. You know, whether what are you saying?
0: You're saying that like it's a problem.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> that's what I wanted to talk to you about in this <laughs> next clip. Aiden has asked you not to return. No, <laughs> he, he unprompted. I didn't even ask him. He just said, "Can I say something about Cameron?" <laughs> and th- this next clip is about 12 and a half minutes. And get on the bleep button, Chandler. Now, <laughs> every, every little thing. Yeah. Ever done. He, said, he said, I got some things to get off my chest. No, but Cameron, I think, you know, that Hillsong as just like a ministry and institution, Takes this really seriously. Like when Aiden was talking about, like, even the lighting guys, how can we bring something to the table that's going to enhance this experience and not distract from the intention of it? You know, you've been to Hillsong shows where it's like, I feel like that stuff's very noticeable when you're there. It really does like create this powerful atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I honestly
0: like the. You can look at the optics and go, oh, that's not you know the intention is not on Jesus, it's, you know, on the rock concert or whatever, and, and the cynic could can find fault in anything, right? When I go and my honest experience, because I am super high, you know, like come on, turn down the fog machines at church, come yeah. on, this isn't you're, the focus is on the wrong thing. The thing that I notice when I go to Hillsong concerts um, is a couple of things. One, the creative experience that you have is is unlike any other worship experience it really does almost like back in the medieval times the what the cathedral did Mm -hmm. it it brought this grandeur of we are worshiping a big god it makes us feel smaller it is in my experience enhances the worship experience number two it is quite often and primarily that the band is backlit they don't put the spotlight mm-hmm. on themselves they really are trying to lead you into a worship experience where your focus is on the lord that, that's been my experience i've yeah. been uh, i've been to, I've been to concert, worship concerts where it really is like hey let's just sit there and watch the worship band perform um i my my experience at hillsong events is that they are trying to use the creative environment to put your focus on Jesus. Yeah. Honestly. And that's what
1: I love that he said, like, listen, it's our lighting guide to the creative team. This is their act of worship. We might be musicians, right. but they worship yeah. like this. Uh, The other thing, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, this, this, some of their stuff on their new album three is kind of personal, you know, it deals, there are some things that are doing that talking about anxiety and, and mental health issues, but uh, weaving it into worship. And I feel like that was sort of an interesting tension too, of like writing a song that's very personal, but also is relatable enough if it's sung in a worship setting. So I asked Aiden about that, you know, how he balances how personal or, or specifically. A worship song, song you know, should be in his mind.
4: I mean, someone said this to me once. I don't remember who. Don't remember who it was, but I remember I was writing a song and um, I was quite. I think I can't remember what it was about, but it was it was specific to a problem that I had gone through, some sort of trust thing. And somebody's like, "Oh, like you know, if you do that, you're going to actually make people think like it's okay to feel that way." And it, um, I think it's really important to for, for like the songs that I write to always point back. To Jesus and to not focus too much on the problem, but rather the solution.
1: Yeah, that that's, a, that's an interesting idea. Uh, you know, again, who are we pointing to my own issues or are we pointing to something bigger? And I feel like th- there's a good balance of that on the song that they just, you know, released the new collaboration with Andy on every little thing uh, because it talks about worry and vulnerability, but also, um, you know what ultimately the solution is, and here's what Aiden said about that song specifically.
4: Yeah, so I wrote song with like three three other guys um, who were part of Young and Free, and we were just I think we we're talking a lot around um, the Romans eight. I think it's twenty eight scripture, which is um you know as we know that for all those who love um God, all things work together for good. Um, for those who are called according to His purpose, and I think a lot of us, um, this album three was you know it's definitely an album about, um, for us, like growing up and coming of age. And I think it's, sometimes it's quite a cliche thing, um, to talk about in a record, you know, you hear that from bands all the time. It's like, Oh, we went through a hard season and we're growing up and this is our album. But for us, you know, obviously it was real to us. I think we've been traveling for seven years and a lot of us have gone through a lot of highs and lows and, um, you know, we're not, we're definitely not, you know, we're not seasoned like many other bands, but, I think for us, this record was definitely one that we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, maybe the light at the end of the tunnel or the coming out of things that were hard. And um, that song, I think we, it started, to be honest, it started like a ballad because, you know, naturally the lyrics lend themselves to be something that, in that kind of direction. But I felt like, you know, the message of the song is definitely, definitely more a celebration of, um, you know, the fact that everything is going to be okay, everything's going to be all right um, if we just put our trust in God. And so the song, you know, ended up in this, you know, kind of more of a, I guess, an up song or just like a celebration song. And I think even doing it on tour, um, you know, around Europe especially, it's 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 been obvious that for many people that this song has been that. It's been a song um, of, I don't know, like you look out into the crowd and you can, everyone, you know, I think especially the chorus, like you can tell it's real for people, you know, and, um, that's been really, really cool because I never, when we started the song, I didn't, I didn't see it the way that I'm seeing it now, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And that's, there's a real intentionality with, you know, not just of like, Hey, I want to write an emotionally honest song here, but one that is this going to ultimately contribute to an experience with God that's positive. And that's something that, you know, I think it's clear that they, uh, you know, wrestle with and try to come out on the right side of, and ultimately that's their vision for what they want, like a young and free experience to be like, um, here's how here, you know, when they've kind of talked about it internally, here's what Aiden said, you know, their vision for that experience is.
4: But I definitely more than ever, I'm so passionate about praise. Um, I'm so passionate about like like celebration and joy, and it's not because I feel like um, it's what we do and what we do well. I think, but I think it's because I actually think um, people need to know that like worshiping Jesus um, and be reminded that it's actually fun and um, it's okay to jump in church and smile and have fun. And I think if we can continually write some continue, continue to write songs that are encouraging people to. Um, I guess like basking the joy of God's presence, not just these somber moments of reflection. I think we're doing a good thing.
1: Yeah. So, uh, mm, yeah, really cool. interesting thoughts from someone who's kind of thought through what they do at, at a really high level. And so, anyway, the new, the latest album is called Three and they are on tour right now. If you can check them out. That
0: was Aiden King. Make sure to check out their new album. It's out now. All right. Stay tuned up next. Let's ask the
1: Cast.
4: You're listening to Coffee. Song is toast.
3: toast and coffee, kind of breakfast
0: theme. All right, it is time for our occasional segment where you ask the cast anything you want. Now, uh, Chandler, we don't have a jingle. Can you do one on the fly right now? Um. Ask the cast.
1: Yeah, I will do the uh, I will do, do, do betting vocals for you. If you have a didgeridoo <laughs> to sing over, okay. ready, ready, set, one, two, three, go. Ask the cast. The
4: come, on, cast. Cast. come on, Chandler. There so you
3: go. Do you you go. did <laughs> it. <did. You laughs>
4: All right, you gotta, you gotta yell I'll
3: some there, like, one. You ask the the other one. Another, yeah. You know for, what? That ask the actors. cat.
1: Ask the cast the mate. You that was brilliant.
0: that right there was less awkward than. Mike Huckabee <laughs> and Brian Head Welch. <laughs> 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 Jamie, Jamie
1: I, w- when I was looking at these selections for yeah. what people sent us, I was thinking, Jamie does really not know what she got herself into this morning. Well,
2: before we started recording, I got on Twitter just because I was like, I need to know before they asked me some things. <laughs> and I saw some of the questions and I'm just nervous.
1: I think you should be. I That's think you're, your nervousness is valid. We've already maligned two Christian industry superstars in this podcast. And now we are going to ask ridiculous, ridiculous things to a very well-respected author and speaker. Jamie, I am sorry if this damages future relationships for you.
0: You guys uh, hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast. And here's a few of the questions. Uh, Mallory asks the cast, you have to choose one fictional character. To insert into real life present day 2019. Who do you pick? Oh, and you have to hang out with them every day
3: for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, well, so I don't just get to put somebody somewhere on the globe. This is like my new, my new best friend. This
2: is your new bestie.
3: Jamie
0: is going to pick the Will Smith rendition of the genie. Mm-hmm. Clearly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Jamie, why don't you hey, start
1: us off here?
2: No, I can't start. I can't start. I need a few seconds.
1: <laughs> Tyler, I feel like. I feel like I'm Tyler's thinking, the one on this podcast who is the most uh, passionate about fictional characters with your <laughs> love for all th- comic books. I do. Would yeah, you but choose I don't know someone if, uh, don't with a superpower?
3: A, I don't know because, A, then you're just the sidekick. You know, you're never the, you're never yeah. the, you're, you're going to be spending the rest of your life in somebody else's
1: shadow. I don't want that. I need somebody a little more low key. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is tough. Like Okay, Jesse. It, yeah.
2: Who's yours?
1: that is that's difficult but they have to be a fictional (sighs) see i have so many real life ones that i would you know want to just be my best friend for the for the rest of my life but we're talking fictional here i would you know what i'm probably gonna go uh hear me out here uh, because this will make me the richest person on the planet, Airbus. Oh. the dog because all of a yeah, sudden yeah. Well what is one, it's not weird if I have to tell my family, hey, by the way, there's a dog that's gonna live with us right. for the rest of our life. If I have to bring in, like, hey, it'd be funny to get like a pirate from uh, you know, some old kids movie, that's gonna be weird explaining why a pirate moved in upstairs and we're hanging out all the time. <laughs> if I get a dog, that's yeah. not weird. And yeah, two, weird. that's good, the dog happens to be fantastic at Sports yeah. like I would drive him, <laughs> Jamie. I would drive him Are to Fayetteville, okay, okay. And I and I would bring him out there, and I would embarrass those Razorbacks with my dog, <laughs> who's better at football than them.
0: So you would you, you would become like the halftime show at NBA games, exactly. You, you Living and Airbud, yeah. in
2: the dream. Airbud, all right.
3: Yeah. I think I think I've decided on mine. I think I would go with Wilson from Home Improvement. Uh, ah, because shit. because for two reasons. One, he would be around to dispense friendly life advice, which I could always yes. use. You know, the wisdom, some like, wisdom yeah. nearby. Also, I have to hang out with him every day, but he would always be a little bit off to the side and concealed, so it wouldn't be like a he would not it wouldn't be like having a new like leech on my shoulder who I can't also, like I can ignore him because I can yeah. only see the top half of his face. Also, I'm yeah. noticing
0: both of you have you know the the, the her parameters where you have to hang out with this person every day for the rest of your life. You've both had. That by selecting somebody who would only mm-hmm. be around for about another twelve to fourteen years.
1: Mine's dog year, so that's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, Air Bud yeah. is got to be pretty old. Jamie, you've had a little time. I can I've see the wheels turning. Who is your fictional bestie?
2: Okay, well, because we were talking about uh, what's the movie we were talking about? Ariel. Yeah. No, not Ariel. We we're talking Aladdin. about
1: Jasmine. Aladdin.
2: Aladdin, Jasmine. Yeah. So yeah. not Jasmine, but it got me thinking about Walt Disney movies from you know the '90s. And yeah. spoiler alert, I picked Ariel, and here's why: I love the beach, <laughs> like I'm a beach girl. And if you've never seen Little Mermaid, she lives underwater, so I don't know I can hang out much underwater. But when she comes up for air, because she hangs out on the beach sometimes too, we yeah. can hang out. And Ariel was like, "Stick it to the man!" Like she just went mm-hmm. like. She didn't follow the rules. She did whatever she wanted. I kind of like that kind of friend, and so
1: I picked Ariel. And and when you like are like Ariel, listen, I've kind of had enough of you right now. Like, no, you know, I'm not throwing shade, but you're really annoying the heck out of me with all these songs you're bursting into. (laughs) You can just be like, I'm just gonna drive away from the ocean (laughs) because she can't follow you.
3: (laughs) She
2: can't come with me, but I think she'd be a fun friend, a fun hang on the beach.
3: Is she amphibious though? Because she can. She we see her singing both in and out of water, right? Yeah.
2: She, um, she came out of water after the spell, you know, and then she had mm-hmm. the legs to marry yeah. the guy. But, but then she, she went talk. back to the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Would,
1: I would say this in my version. Obviously, I'm also a witch that can cast spells.
0: For some reason. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Who you you. Would your
1: fictional character?
0: Be? I have no idea. Um, you don't know? No. Uh, Jess asks.
1: Oh, moving on,
0: moving on, <laughs> on moving on. Dude, just one uh, of the three Stooges. <laughs> just make it easy. Come <laughs> on, you know who, who, who they always dropping <laughs> hammers on in each other. Master <laughs> splitter <laughs> from Teenage Mutant Turtles. Yeah, probably like you know Sheriff Andy Griffith or something like that. Just a good, nice fella. That's that
3: would be mine. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, All
0: right, Jess asks, what career would you be doing if you weren't able to do this one? I don't know why you wouldn't be able to do this one. I don't know if, like, you you know lose your fingers or something. Lost my hands in it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, what career would you be doing if you weren't able to do this one?
1: Uh, obviously a celebrity dog trainer. Uh, thinking, I think I've made that abundantly clear on this podcast. And the only reason, and I'm not going to say that wasn't my first choice, but for reasons I legally cannot can no longer get into, I cannot be around animals. So uh, the dream, dream vanished in my hands.
0: Uh, wait, like you were holding a puppy in your hands and it died? For reasons
1: I legally cannot get into... We can't talk about this anymore.
3: Uh, my no, best uh, friend
1: that I brought back is a lawyer, and he's looking at me right now, telling me to zip it because of a settlement. Jamie, who do you <laughs> pick? <laughs> what would you pick?
2: Okay, well, all the sports talk today, if I really had my dream job, it would be a a sports reporter like Aaron Andrews. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. I would love that. In fact, fun little tidbit about me is when I was in high school, I tried out for the mascot my senior year just so I could be on the field to watch the games. So I love watching sports. And what if I could be a sports reporter? That'd be so fun.
1: Would you choose like college football, like college game day?
2: Yes, that would be so fun.
3: I think no. you'd be good at that because you're all, you'd be really good at the. I always feel bad for the girl who has to go down and talk to the coach who's losing at halftime because he, he doesn't want to talk to you. He's got he's got to go give the fire. But Jamie, like, you're the, so nice, that but I, you could. I think you could handle yeah. it. Well,
2: they just ask the same question. What'd you tell your team at halftime? You know, like, Uh you know, I'm not saying they don't work hard. Oh my gosh. I'm just saying in those hard moments, you just (laughs) kind of go with the softball. Like, all right, what do you see uh, the change in your defense you need to make during halftime? There you go. uh, While Nick
1: Saban with his arms crossed (laughs) and his polo and khakis (laughs) just stares blankly at you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Jamie. And then he just runs and sprints into the locker room. I
0: would be in sports too, but I'd be on the other side. I would be part of a franchise of some sort. You know what I mean? Like I would want to be in the front office or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my obvious answer is, I mean, obviously pro athlete.
0: But, you know, (laughs) I chose to do this. I think
1: think the parameters
0: of the question are you with your current skill set. In oh, a that's a different a, job. I, I should I should
1: declared uh, uh, a two sport pro athlete oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you for clarifying that, that really I needed to get that out there
3: uh, I think I would do the uh, you know we, we were talking about uh, on the last time on the podcast about Rambo last blood I like how in all these movies that are coming back how the the young protagonist is now kind of a grizzled old and he's always working like out on a farm somewhere he's like a, a horse carpenter or uh, or some, doing yeah. some sort of like very manly activity I think that would be my, like, you can kind of hear the Johnny Cash in the background. I don't know what it is. I mostly just see the aesthetic, the shed, the like leather the, like, gloves like, yeah yeah. I erect barbed wire fences
1: in the prairies that's my yeah, job don't, don't talk yeah. don't ask me any questions I don't need to uh, I don't
3: know who you are kid they try to get you back in for one last run nah I'm too old for that that was a long time ago yeah. talk about it
0: Taylor asks given the chance with time travel what's a moment in your life that you would go back and do oh, over man. and what would you moment do differently life.
2: oh in our own lives yeah
0: a moment in your life
2: oh gosh Man. Hey, the God past wow. is the past, Taylor.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow. So it sounds like Hell
1: Taylor's no, got some bitches is here. I've just been uh, served by my lawyer here uh, for violating a gag order on an incident with an animal at a basketball game. So I'm going to say the moment I would go back to is about five minutes ago when I brought that whole bottle up a big legal can of worms that's really come back to bite me. Thanks, to oh, you. Oh, gosh. So, Jamie, you, you don't even believe in the premise of this question.
0: I, I mean, the obvious thing for me would be like, uh, you know, like a, a dating relationship that you know, was like, I wish I could just not done that or something. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: yeah but like, yeah. I'm wondering about like, I'm trying to that's go bigger. Like, is
0: there a big life decision that you'd uh, want to like redo, you know?
2: I would, I mean, I can say this. I went to a super small Christian university right out of high school, which was great. Fine. All that. But I sometimes wish I would have had the big college football, all that type of experience. So uh, maybe that's an answer I could use. Remind
1: us where you went to school, Jamie.
2: Which time? I went to I went to a couple diplom I started what? at Dallas Baptist.
1: Did you what happened there? Why did
2: you <laughs> That's have that too long a time, banned, Jesse? Are you
1: banned from campus? No, I'm
2: from not you know banned.
3: But. Is, is your lawyer also there in the room telling you that
2: you're not in the Okay, stop. so Dallas Baptist,
1: where 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 after that?
2: And then I went to the University of Houston for a semester and then I finished at Houston Baptist.
1: Okay. HBU. HBU. So, you would go Go back in time and erase all of that. And why would, hold
0: on, hold on. Why would a Houston based university have a Husky as a mascot? Those things would die
1: in the Houston. Yeah, they would die. True. That's a terrible mascot for a Houston school. Yeah. I I don't like, I don't like. We got the Cougars at
2: U of H.
0: Yeah, but a Cougar has a thin coat of fur in the heat. A Husky's, I think, is going to die within six minutes. At least you're not the Nashville Nashville hockey team, which is currently...
3: Natural lock yeah. is currently called the Predator's. That's a name that hasn't aged in
1: (laughs) the current climate. (laughs) The the mascot, they actually just hired Chris Hansen from Daylight. Nobody nobody was trying to to redeem (laughs) it to catching predators. I don't think anybody foresaw our present era when we decided to call the team. Everybody walking around with a a teacher that says
3: predator on it. Uh,
1: Uh, Uh, Let's uh, go with something that can be offensive to multiple audiences. To every possible group. Mass destruction.
3: That's Evan awful.
0: says that he just finished working at a church and I kind of want more story on that. Well, He just finished up his time working at a church and he's soon to start church hopping, he said. Not yeah. to be dramatic, but overeager church greeters make me want to throw myself down a <laughs> set of stairs. Sure. Any advice on Evan. how to avoid the greeter, but get into the church? Evan, your of
1: what a weird form of self-punishment. Throwing yourself <laughs> down the stairs. So is being greeted by another yeah. human really yeah. that bad? Yeah. Are we talking like a flight or two? No, but I've already thought about this for him because I was putting yeah. these questions in, like, well, this is easy. I know what I would do if I had some aversion to greeting people, which yeah. I don't, uh, because I'm a normal human that uh enjoys. <laughs> interactions um, is I would wrap both my hands in giant bandages. So they're like two big. And when they go to shake my hand, I put them up, and they just see these massive medical galls. And I, and I just look at the greeter and go, I was burned. And then I just walked right into the service. <laughs> no one's talking to that guy.
3: I went a different direction. I think that Evan should go to, to any... Go to your local Walmart if you're in Fayetteville or any other or any other like goods store. Uh, find yourself a, some sort of vest, a red vest, a blue vest, doesn't matter. It needs to have a color on it. Then put that on over your normal clothes when you go to church. They're going to think that you're... They just have a, You're the new guy. You're the new greeter. They're not going to greet you. They're just going to like point, oh, you're over your man, your man in that door over there. There. and you slip right in, you're easy. Yeah, and then you lose the vest really quick before you have to it's start shaking hands before
2: yeah. they make put you to work. Yeah what, they, yeah, yeah, what
0: What church do the greeters wear vests? Uh, well, well, he's gonna be pretty fine. select.
3: I can tell you, Berean Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska sure did. They were, they were
1: <laughs> all about the vests, <laughs> Jamie. What is your strategy for not greeting? Uh, uh, someone who wants to talk to you at a church like this. Mine,
2: mine is so lame. Y'all's are great. The hand thing is amazing. I'm just saying, like, show up really late and then they've already left the doors. Yeah. But then you miss uh, worship, yeah. you, you got, miss the yeah, announcements, that's, that's, you just slide right in. Usually
0: it's a 15 minute window. Yeah. They'll be you're there in. for 15 minutes and then you're, you're free. I, I always, in my church, there's a, they stand out about five to eight feet from the door and like in front of it. And I come in the side and go behind them. I like. Ah. I I, I duck behind them. So, because they're looking ahead, they're looking at the people coming up the path. And I slip behind them and I'm right in. I don't have to yeah, say hide anybody. Yeah,
1: that, because what I do is really disruptive to the church services. I walk through the front <laughs> doors and when someone says hello, I yeah. say hello, good morning, and I walk through. It is just a nightmare. I mean, I've almost <laughs> the
0: worst. Uh, I've almost left
1: the church over
3: this. I mean, I've
1: I've you know really you know been going through a trial of my faith because it, it requires me to to nod my head and say good morning. <laughs>
3: most churches don't. Most churches have a uh, like multiple exits that's why i don't think a church would be a good zombie apocalypse uh bunker situation because there's so many ways to get into most churches there's not enough greeters to man every single door you can go into the children's church situation yeah, but, usually but or he's gonna if be, you're if you're visiting. New. yeah he's going to be visiting he only knows the main entrance you know you got to you got to stake that out ahead of time man sorry man. <laughs> get down there Think about
1: all the work you're putting into this. You you have to literally stake out the church on a Sunday that you're not in attendance. You've
3: you got like to, a drawing
2: at your house of all of the entrances that yeah.
1: you're trying to yeah, out you Like you a, a home to alone,
3: like a big, like, poster board? Listen, it, have, like, if, s- if, strings if,
1: and
0: yarn, like,
1: and yeah, push pins? exactly. If, yeah, you know, like, the, they like each, it's like you're going on a bank heist when you know the security guards are like switching out <laughs> right. their shifts. So you know the perfect moment to cut the security cameras. Listen, if you're a to greeting another human with a half second interaction requires you to construct a war room strategy place (laughs) in your own home i would maybe just get over your uh you know your fear of saying hello to someone but teach us all right last question hard-hitting one marcus says just left marcus
0: (laughs) asked and i'm going to read this (laughs) verbatim marcus asks us what is best sandwich
4: <laughs>
3: what is best sandwich? What is best sandwich? This is a one for a important question. Can one. we can we answer the same caveman vernacular Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> Reuben, meat bread, meat bread. bread. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, you know, mine mine is best sandwich is a chicken sandwich. <laughs> easily My not even close if you've ever eaten a chicken sandwich it's chicken sandwich. Best, what do you right? mean like a chick-fil-a yes yeah, like a chick-fil-a chicken sandwich it's just like a fried chicken they, it's peaked they good. figured it out it's the best it's that is true. i mean There's you a take one bite and you're it. like it's not going to get any better than this that's you know? true
0: that's that's true and the way that comes in
1: that like tinfoil bag and it's just like warm and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's yeah, good it's yeah. good it's good yeah it's not I, I, like going to Arby's where it's like someone stepped on this before they handed. You know, they I actually preserved that. You know, I had never, I, I don't, I'm not adventurous in my
0: sandwich exploration. Uh, I had never had a BLT until not too long ago. Oh, and there's this restaurant directly under our office. Like, like, like I could kick the floor and they heard it. And yeah. um, it's fancy and they have this like, it's like you know, farm to table type food and stuff. They have a BLT. That I've discovered with some, I don't know what they do to the bacon, but it's like some sort of like maple type stuff on it, and they put a um uh over medium fried egg on top. Oh, the BLT with this whatever they do to the bacon with the egg.
1: Oh, bet I man, I have it twice a week. It's so good. I'll say this, the tomato is not needed in that equ- in a, that equation. Just make it the BL. No one's eating a plate of eggs, bacon with a random tomato on there. Why put it on the sandwich? no it makes I think no it sense. needs it. The moisture. I love tomatoes. Enough. Yeah. I think it it's needs
0: ridiculous. it. Ridiculous.
3: Yeah. That is my that is my is best sandwich.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Well. All right. I- I think I'm gonna say right now I go through a lot of i got through go through phases in my sandwiching that's that's um, not answering the question now <laughs> <laughs> talking, right, talking right now i, I do go i am a big fan of Rubens. I like a Ruubens sandwich. I kind of judge no. a restaurant based on how good the Rubens... like. My theory is if you can make a good Reuben you can probably make a good just about anything else. So I'll yeah. try your Reuben and then then the rest of this it like if it's good then like oh that's a good baseline measure of basic competence in the kitchen. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't I, think I've I, ever
2: I, had a Reuben sandwich so I don't even it's know it's what not that for everybody. is. It's
3: got some it's got some sauerkraut. It does have it. sauerkraut on it, which I know is not everybody's like dime it's not. Yeah. This may not be for you, but but I'm, I'm I'll right say fair. I, I had a good I, one last
1: night. I will give I will give uh, a restaurant the check of my approval if they have a good Reuben too. But I'm talking about a human named Reuben working. <laughs> because it's, it's not a very common name anymore, and when I see one out there doing well, working at a good restaurant, I'm like, okay. seems happy. Yeah, I seems happy. Seems happy. I just don't hear the name much.
3: You know, busy but not stressed. Interestingly, Eric says, <laughs> "What is <laughs> best Reuben? Reuben Reuben Stuttered Reuben
0: Stuttered for six. sure." American easy. Idol, easy <laughs> next question. No, not, no, question. Uh, actually, this is interesting. Zach asks, "What's one album you wish you could remove from everyone's memory?"
3: From everyone's memory? Yeah. Like so I'm assuming swipe. he's
0: also saying we're we're going to make sure this never existed. Like we're taking it away. Not that it not that it still exists and just one wasn't popular, one. but it doesn't exist and everybody forgets they ever heard it. I'm going to go recent. I'm a recency bias and say Old Town Road.
1: Oh, that's a whole. That's a song. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, but it's an For, album. First off, first off, well, I guess how that's... dare you? Uh, second <laughs> of all, mean thing
3: to how say. how could <laughs> you do this? <laughs> you, you besmirched the good name of Lil Nas X on this podcast. <laughs> on a Friday, on Donut Day, of all in, days.
1: In memoriam.
2: <laughs> Lil Nas X, <laughs> 2019 to
1: 2019. Yeah. <laughs> mine would be Mine would I I don't know the rules of this, like, because, you know, it seems like some sort of time travel or mind wiping is going on. So I don't know, like the butterfly effect of all of this. But I would say I would wipe the green album, the Weezer album from everybody's memory so that hopefully all of the other albums that came after it never happened so that we would just have Pinkerton and Blue album because it all went downhill at the green album. It all went downhill. So that's that's my choice. How about this? mariah carey's christmas album we it's we no, got it no. we
0: got it that no
2: that Come is on. played a lot at my house during christmas time and i think i would just like to erase it for a couple of time a couple of months a couple of years a
1: couple couple Christmases. <laughs> i think <laughs> just give me a break in, exactly thank you Make That's it. Not that's my, my daughter
0: loves that. That's that's my answer. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of
1: that Kit Kat bar. That would be the Poor song Spirit. that I would. Oh,
2: okay. Remove. I got my
1: baby back, baby back, baby. because every time <laughs> I hear it, I, it, I get hungry <laughs> and I got a I got to go to Chase. I, I spent a fortune on baby back ribs. Uh, what's yours? <laughs> All
3: right, <laughs> I think I think my answer. And that, I don't even I don't even hate this album. I don't love it, but I, I don't hate this album. But I hate the the net effect that it had on okay. music and pop culture oh, after wow. it came out. And that's the Lumineers first album. Remember that Lumineers album? Oh, yeah. The like, the like crunchy, like, hey yo, bam, bam, bam and yeah. like, the, they're like on their guitars. It's not terrible, but I feel like it, that was what really tipped the scales of the folk revival. Into, but they were, like, just, just basic pop music. they were just following Mumford.
0: They were just following Mumford.
3: Yeah, they yeah. were following Mumford, but I think Mum—I think they are when it, when it tipped from being like kind of interesting, and kind of different to just being, well, this is just basically a pop song yeah. with acoustic guitars.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Stomping. Hey, Jamie, I, this this brings up a quick point, and I know we need to wrap this segment, but when I hear Lumineers or I hear any music that's like a banjo, like hipsters wearing overalls with beards, like kicking a kick drum while they're doing like, you know, sea chanting chants. It reminds me of Barn Weddings because those are the type mm-hmm. of bands that play at mm-hmm. Barn Weddings where you drink cocktails out of mason jars and there's like yes. Edison lights. What is your you live in Austin most of the time? And I feel like that's prob, that was probably that was probably the center point for all Barn Wedding related events for a while. What are your feelings about Barn
2: Weddings? I think barn weddings are awesome. You get the whole theme. People sure. can wear cowboy chic or whatever they want. You've got the mason jars. You've got the daisies. The woman wears a wedding dress. It's like, maybe it's, maybe she's riding off on a horse or maybe she's getting married. We don't know. And you know, it's great.
1: So we're on the same page. All of that sounds awful. Like, okay. that is, <laughs> you know, like some sort of like weird Etsy centerpiece that's made out of like an old timey milk jug. It's like, okay, I got it. We're supposed to believe that we all live rustically when I know for a fact I stayed at a Best Western last night and then had to drive out to this farm. That you made me fly in for, you know, none, none of us live like this. That's, that's my problem is it's a living a lie. That's my problem oh, with Living a lie. It's that one no. night.
2: It's one night. But, I know, is, but I've
1: never been to a barn wedding with anyone who actually farms. No, it's, but they, they're, they're appropriating have to, farm culture.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you're making actually a really strong point. And not that they have to farm, but they don't even live like the rural, like, you know, you know, analog lifestyle.
3: Like, you're right. It's a complete appropriation. It's it's like, it's it's, it's based on some connection to an an agrarian uh, lifestyle. Or have lived through the
1: Great Depression, when that was like the (laughs) nicest (laughs) wedding that money could buy. If we got out all the old mason jars, and like, listen, my family didn't, you know, star in the Grapes of Wrath here, okay? They could afford a regular cup to drink out of. We didn't have to drink out of old jam jars. Do you not
2: have mason? jars at your house to drink out of?
0: No. no. They have the 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 lip no. part isn't made they for made lips. For it's, for it's made for We're
1: oven, jars. Per, per, preserving fruits and Favorite poking holes in the to top, top and of. keeping caterpillars in. Why? Yeah I, I, I use that. I,
3: use I just drink.
2: like them.
1: We just
3: we just use them like a lot. Everything about people, it. We have a lot of jam. So then we just wash yeah. them out and drink out of them. Yeah, Like I said, oh, yeah, test- my, it's just convenient. So I will put a
1: stick and a leaf in one and poke some holes on the top and keep the caterpillar <laughs> for a couple of days. See how that shakes out. But I'm not drinking out of it. They're for, they're for my animal experiments only.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's it for...
1: The Hurry up Chandler. There you go. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it Nailed it One take
0: hey, Many <laughs> thanks to Blinkist For making the show possible Remember you can go to Blinkist.com Slash relevant To start your free Seven day trial Also thanks to Samaritan Ministries For sponsoring the show If you'd like to learn more About how you can be a part Of this ministry Helping each other With health care Visit Samaritan Dot org Slash relevant uh, Also thanks to Hillsong Young and Free For joining us Their album three is out now, and they just kicked off their global tour. It is uh, just know all the arenas, smoke free environments. Smoke free free environments. All right. That'll do it. Uh, We'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jennifer Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jamie Ivey. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. It was a lot of fun. You're
2: welcome. Thanks, guys.
0: All right. We will see you all on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone.
1: I will put a stick and a leaf in one and poke some holes on the top and keep a caterpillar for a couple days. See how that shakes out.
2: Relevant Podcast Network.